Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very special episode of Planning Bay Syndicate. This is episode 81, and we are here tonight to talk a little bit about Xmas or holidays or whatever you celebrate this year. Tonight, we're going to be having a conversation. I guess it's not night, so I don't have to say that. But today, we are going to be having a conversation about um, some cards that were on JJ's wish list to design, plus some ones Tanner did to counter the cards that JJ put out there. Tanner is going to be singing uh, a little bit of a ditty. We had a subscriber from yet another um, X-Wing podcast, and he, Chris, has donated to the stream. So I have to do a, <clears throat> a Christmas song tonight. Um and lastly, we're going to be having a conversation about Tanner's hate list and what he is hoping gets banned by Santa in the upcoming year. Without further ado, let's bring in JJ. The Giants are still going to lose to the Lions in the playoffs. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right, man. Doing all right. Excited, man. The holidays are here. Um, it is a very cold morning today here over in North Carolina. Um, the winds are howling outside. It is super strong, and I'm supposed to go outside and carol tonight. I don't know. Question mark. <laughs> yeah, you're crazy. <clears throat> it is cold as is is a witch, a, a witch's butt here. Seriously, yeah. it's bad. <laughs> it's like I think it feels like it's negative ten out or something like that here in Michigan. So, essentially, we all worked from home today. <clears throat> Heck yeah, man. Did you get too much snow? Uh, we we got quite a bit. Yeah, we got at least uh, at least almost a foot, I think, um, over the course wow. of the night, and it's snowing still. So, I think we're supposed to wow. receive another foot by the end of today. So, jeez, we have a winter advisory out. Essentially, they're saying don't leave your house unless you absolutely have to. <clears throat> um, I, the thing I didn't know in, until recently, like because I just started working, uh, for the hospital, is that um we actually offer a service to employees to help shuttle people around during the holidays so if you're essential and you need to get into the hospital to work uh they have shuttles that they have running so but it is a little scary if you think about it like if you need hospital services in the middle of of uh you know a snowstorm what happens i don't know i don't know can they can anything go no idea Anyway, happy holidays to everybody and who celebrates, and hopefully your holidays are good. This is mainly a pre-recorded. We are airing it live just for the hell of it, but uh, seeing as it's during the day, this is mainly our pre-recorded holiday episode. And JJ and I feel bad because the holidays are both on the nights we record live. Yeah, and I know, right? <laughs> we just really want to make sure that we got something out there, um, but that we gave time back to spend with our families. So. Um, with my kids being off and JJ's kids being off, it's kind of like, hey, um, can you not do a podcast <laughs> and hang out with Christmas. us? So. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Krampus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so let's let's get into some holiday cheer. I think the thing I want to do is let's open it up to begin with. Right. So let's let's talk about what we're thankful for. I We didn't really do this during Thanksgiving, but I think, you know, it's a holiday, right? So we, we could talk about kind of what we're thankful for, um, things that we like about X-Wing, things that maybe we are hoping to change. We are going to do some silly stuff here, um, but I I'll open it up and just say I'm very thankful for the community that we are a part of, for those of us that listen to us um, and engage with us, everybody from you know the Nickel City Discord as well, 
and the essentially like it, for me, I'm very, very thankful. I don't live in a garage. Um, very thankful <laughs> that we are able to uh, still hang out and talk with people about a game that I love. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, that's certainly something I'm very thankful for. Just having a great community to to enjoy this uh, this hobby that we have uh, with X Wing and being able to share. Uh, <clears throat> all this time with you guys uh, here on our podcast and uh, in every time that we have all these games uh, that we get to to present that's something that I enjoy um, sharing with all you guys uh, out there and on online and uh, and just enjoying this cast the other thing I'm thankful for is I'm thankful for the Lions are going to beat the Giants this year a second time because it's already happened once and I don't know, JJ. What do you have to say about that? It's not gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. I <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know where he went, but I I I I don't understand. Like I don't think I don't think he un- quite understands what it is. JJ, where are you still there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you were saying the Lions were gonna beat the Giants, right? No, I'm. Just- oh, uh, I'm sorry. I I can't hear you. Maybe JJ. I don't know. Let me try one more time. So you're admitting the Giants are gonna no, lose. I'm in- All right. So I maybe he just won't be available for the rest of the podcast. I we got to hear it. I got to hear him say it. You got to say it, JJ. What do you want me to say? The Lions are gonna be the Giants. The Lions aren't making the play. Again, I just can't. I just can't hear it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's what JJ is thankful for. Is that? The Lions will definitely beat the Giants a second time in the show. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. Let's get into Tanner's hate list. Should we do that? Or should we do the Christmas song first? Yes. Let's do our our well-anticipated Tanner's Christmas song that, uh, that you've prepared for today. All right, so I have a little ditty, and I, 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 I'm bringing somebody to help bring out the vibe of this song. Hello? Hello? Is, is everybody here? Yes. I, got, I got a little song that I promised Chris from the Yet Another X-Wing podcast that I would sing. So here, here we go. Special rendition. Darth Vader. Jingle bells, Skywalker smells, Yoda laid an egg, the Millennium Falcon lost a thruster, and Vader got away. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Lord Vader. Thank you. We appreciate you coming <laughs> in and, and singing that ditty for us. Thank you, Vader. Yeah. Feels better. Vader, yeah. thank you, Vader. <laughs> For all of that. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) All right. Let's talk a little bit about Tanner's hate list. How about that? Should we do Tanner's hate list first? Let's do it. All right. Let's get it through. All right. So this is my Xmas list of what I hope gets banned first. So the first card is, is an easy one. Um, as that's that this is the easiest one, I think, right? So we have Finn, Gunner, and Finn Pod. Which I guess okay. Finn Gunner doesn't exist in the Yasby database, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's how much people hate them. But my number one pick of what I would like to get banned <clears throat> or restricted so you can never play them again or just make them cost eight points is FinPod. So. Okay. I do not like Finn at all. I think Finn is the worst pilot designed, period. So for the listeners, right? So the a pilot ability for Finn is while you defend a proponent attack, you may add a blank result or you may gain a strain token to add one focus result instead. Um, this is the three-point pod that the resistance has currently for uh, for this particular pilot. Now, my challenge to you is if they were to rework this ability to work as a charge based would this be something that would come off the hate list like if you're able to just spend a charge one time and so that way it doesn't work constantly uh you mean one charge per round yeah <clears throat> how about one charge per every two rounds so spend two charges and that way it just recovers a charge over yep. turns right yes then yeah then i wouldn't hate it then it wouldn't be that big a deal <clears throat> Yes. Okay. Uh, do right. not then, give me Finn Falcon pilot, Sandy. No. That, nope. He? No. <laughs> <laughs> no Finn Falcon pilot. If they, if anybody ever makes a Finn Falcon pilot, I will quit X-Wing. There you go. I'm just, I'm going to state it right now. <laughs> I will quit X-Wing. All right. So what about the, uh, the gunner ability? Um, adding the, the blank as long as it's a forward arc, um, attack. Um, if that was a charge ability as well, would that make it fair? It's the same thing. Yeah, if it's if it's every two turns, every other turn, sure. I don't care then. Every other turn is fine. I think the every the multiple times in a turn is what bothers me. I think even Finn Gummer, Gunner once in a turn is bad. Um, but I think really the the heroic shenanigans are really the bigger issue um, with some of that and the perceptive co-pilot being able to throw extra tokens, use them. Um, <clears throat> the gunner does not bother me as much as the the pod does. It's only because that pod is insanely hard to kill for a two agility. Excuse me, a two agility ship like that pod should not take. It should not take Grievous three rounds to kill it. How about that? Yeah, I mean because Grievous can outmaneuver him, and then he still gets a second if he rolls a blank. He gets to add another you know thing and then heroic the stupid dice. Heroic so it, yeah. it, I I can't you can't get more than two damage at range one in. You can't get more than one damage in at range two in. It's just ludicrous, you know. Um, yeah, it's a tough ship to take down. Yeah, <clears throat> you could also fix it by making. I think the fin gunner should just be banned. Personally, I think that that's that's kind of a bad um, design design card. Um, but you could also take Finn and say he's worth now four points. Um, and I think it would be a little bit less of a feels bad because at least you have a four point slow moving ship across the board. Um, I don't know. But you okay. could also charge base ability. That would be fine, too. OK. All right. So what do we have next on the list? Well, the the next one has already been taken care of, which I guess I guess it doesn't work in Yasby. I guess none of the upgrades work in Yasby. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, you just got to equip it to like a ship, and that way it could work, probably. All right, we're gonna we're gonna test it. See if if JJ is right. Nope, still doesn't show up in the image catalog. So the next uh, one I had was okay. Trajectory Simulator. Okay. 
I do not like Trajectory well, Simulator. Well, currently, right now, it is a band upgrade. Um, it doesn't work in standard right now. Um, beyond that, the only ships that can use it uh, would be the B Wings. And I think these discard bombers are the only other ones that I could think of that, that will be able to use it effectively. Maybe the resistant bombers, but again, they're not standard legal either. Um, it's, I mean, it's pretty much has died once it got banned. I haven't seen it even in extended play. You don't really see it that much, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's not, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I could see why it would be something that would be problematic, especially in an objective-based game. But, yeah, I, I can kind of agree with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I just think <clears throat> being able to throw, like, the re the bombs and the mines, right, no matter what ship you use, if you, outside of the one, there's one pilot, right, that, that is kind of like a, eh, um, an extended, because he could, he can hold it. So Nim can hold it, but Nim's only one pilot. <laughs> and yeah. Nim sucks enough that you can't just run Nim all the time and think you're going to win games, you know, because yeah. you get to freeze one of the, the, the bombs. But what trajectory simulator does is says, Hey, I could just one forward and throw something at you. I could do whatever you want. You know, like I, I don't have to sit around and worry about taking the, my own damage from it. Um, you know, and, and because bombs don't always require dice usage, that's the bigger issue. It's like guaranteed damage. So I could just lob things at you and I don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> so it's more of a negative play experience, I think, than anything else. Um, okay. and, and and you like if if you, you, you how you could change it, and this is how I would say you change it, bring it back in the game. That if you could throw the bomb, the bomb immediately gains roll a dice for the result, right? So like if I throw a proton bomb, you don't automatically take a crit; you got to roll for it and get the crit to get the crit. So it makes it less effective. Which would then allow then then it would be less of a feels bad because then it's like okay hey if you know it's coming you could take you could choose the option of whether you want to um, sit there or not. Um, okay. So I think trajectory simulator could be changed. You know, again, I, I get thermals are like that. If you throw a thermal, it's like that. But if you throw like a blazer bomb or anything else, you know, there is guaranteed damage that comes out of it. I don't think that's fair, personally. Okay. Right. Next on the list is Dash Rendar, and I don't care that he's extended. I don't care whether the Outrider title were. I don't care. Dash Rendar is the worst pilot ever built in X-Wing. This this pilot just should just burn in hell. And I bet you they're going to try to bring him back. And all I can say is I don't know what they could do to make me ever want to fly against this, but this is literally the... Like, this ship goes... I don't care what we, we get to do whatever we want. It's like Kira and Han Solo on steroids. And then I get to double tap you with it. No problem. Um, well, I mean, during the time that it was legal, they did uh, quite a few changes to reduce the power of uh, dash um, by taking away crew slots, by taking away gunner slots and such. Um, we do know that the YT is going to be uh, being reprinted next year um, and they did specify that they will be reworking his ability um, so we'll we'll see how they um, how they do that the ability itself for Dash Rendar I don't think is 
bad because it only works while you move, right? So you can't sit on the rock and, you know, like take shots. It does get problematic when you start adding other things to it, like trick shot and, uh, um, and like having double focuses and stuff like that. That's where it gets problematic at that point. But, um, a four die gun on a big base like that, that has a rotating arc um, and two agility and two agility is, is probably the best stat line, um, so far that I could think of. Um, if they reduce the dice to three dice, a three die primary, do you think this will be a more fair ship? No, <laughs> not with the way his title is. Absolutely not. His title has a outmaneuver ability without it being outmaneuver. Oh, you, you're talking about the, the title for the chassis. Yeah. 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 Okay. The outrider title. Okay. Which I think he's the only one that can take it. But how about yeah. this? I, I don't know anybody that runs anybody but dash anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think still think that... moving through obstacles, like, again, I think you need to reduce the stat line. Um, if you're going to do it, get rid of the agility. You can make it zero agility. If you wanted, you could put it at one agility and leave it at the four. But the problem is, is with that talent slot and everything else. I mean, this is a six dice gun, you know. Um, So I don't I, th that's the bigger issue, I think, with it is it's a six dice gun that you can't burn down in one turn, no matter what you do. Ever. Yeah, I think that lowering the agility um, or lowering the the um, the red on it uh, would definitely make this a, a more fair ship. The ability itself to ignore obstacles for dash is okay. It's not the best. I mean, it, if you take a look at the mining guild ties, I mean they're not they're not overly prevalent in the meta right now, and they have that particular ability anyway, um, specifically for asteroids. Um, but, uh, definitely, yeah, the, the fact that this thing essentially can get, uh, three to four dice, depending on the range behind the obstacle, um, it does make this incredibly difficult to burn down, especially with that, with the 10 health that it has, um, and all the support that the rebels get with like token sharing and stuff makes it incredibly difficult to burn down the ship. The stat line does definitely need to get reduced there. Um, I would probably, um, reduce the the attack on it just to make it worse um so that way it's not as powerful um a trick shot is probably still going to make it a four die gun regardless but at least it's not going to be like a five or six die gun that's going to come after you almost every turn essentially like firing torpedoes at you all the time so fair enough <clears throat> let's get rid of it I just say, I hope they, uh, when they update it, it's just it's so much better. Cause like, I, we really cannot have a large, we can't have that ship ignoring obstacles. Like, that ship basically could fly anywhere on the board and shoot four dice unless it's, you know, at range one. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Merle Cobbin, which probably people are going to go, why is that on Tanner's hate list? But <laughs> this is on Tanner's hate list because I just discovered the, the ability. And if everybody's really good at flying bullseyes, you're screwed. So it says, while a friendly ship at range 0 to 2 performs a primary attack, if you are in the defender's bullseye and the, def the defender rolls one fewer defense dice. So okay. all you have to do is get in a bullseye out of a ship and they can focus fire it down. So you think of Jingle Fett, right? You get um, 
in the bullseye of Django Fett with Merle. Even if you're not shooting, you're just like, I'm just going to sit here and be there. If Django cannot kill you in that round, you're now in the bullseye of that ship. So Django rolls one green dice for the for the whole time. So if you have four other ships shooting, there you go. There's four ships shooting three dice into one agility. It's like a negative reinforced token is what it feels like. So like, again, if this was like charge base, you know, again, I don't think Merle's super unfair personally, but I do think Merle is a problem has become a pro- is going to become a problem because you can you can afford to sacrifice Merle to some extent and force your opponent to waste shots on Merle because if you're in that bullseye you're just screwed and Merle could just care less about shots now and Merle's just going to go hmm, I just need to be in a bullseye so everybody else can kill you easier okay yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, it, this definitely works a lot better against uh, medium and large bases since you're able to get that bump more reliably on there. Um, probably a little harder to to get off reliably on a small base ship, um, but I can I can definitely see the potential there where it can be problematic. The only thing though is that it's three points currently right now for the resistance. Um. I don't know if with objectives you're looking to, I mean, it, it is a pretty good three point filler. Um, when you're, when you have other, and I hate to say this, but when you have uh, Finn available at a higher initiative and it gets a little more offensive potential and defensive potential on your list there, um, or you have um, looking to like get points to fill out ships. I don't see Merle being the go-to option um, for most resistance lists that are flying like the Falcons uh, for now, um, or you're doing more T-70 squads. It is, there's potential for it, but um, I, I guess time in the middle will tell if this will become more and more of a, um, of a problem for it, um, especially with lists that like to throw ordinance Merle doesn't work against those particular attacks. It has to be primary attack only. But yeah. Still, I don't like it. All right. Next up on Tanner's hate list is Petty Officer Thanison. And I know we don't see a lot of this, but this is possibly one that they could easily bring back. I don't think they've committed to bringing back the Upsilon ship, but no, I think they should. I really think they should because fo needs a big base ship and we don't have one yeah, it does um it really would be nice to have a big base ship um <clears throat> in here the issue i have with with thanison over any of the other ones is if the ship is in during your activate the activation or engagement phase so either one after a ship in your front arc at range zero to two gains one stress token you may spend an energy charge if you do that ship gains a tractor token instead the reason I don't like that is because it's at activation or engagement. Okay. So if you get that, you could screw somebody's maneuver completely up by throwing that tractor token and moving them. <laughs> it's not even about the reduction of agility, I think, as much as it is about here's they gain the, the, the token, then you get to move them, and then all of a sudden, hey... Now they're maneuvering into a rock, or now they're maneuvering out of position. Um, 
you know, the engagement phase, I don't like it either as much, but that one's not as big of a deal um, with it. The big thing is, is the activation is the big thing. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on this one because we currently do have another, um, another crew that currently does this in the empire, which is seventh sister crew that works in the front arc only very similar to Thanison, but it's only range, uh, range zero one for her ability. And you essentially get to choose either tractor or a jam token um to uh to use uh, right for that particular uh pilot's ability um nine times out of ten most people tend to go for the gym to like take off like um take off like a token for them uh, versus the tractor because even if you do tractor somebody um they can rotate so you can place them in front of a rock but they can end up just taking the stress to rotate anyway and it, it won't screw up their maneuver um it still screws up their maneuver i mean yeah sure they don't hit a rock possibly. but yeah <laughs> if i'm and doing a two other... bank and you rotate me so i don't i'm doing a two bank away i'm not getting shots and the other part of, of this too is that again, this will only affect if it's a small base, right? <clears throat> if you're going against a large base or medium base, then they don't particularly care about a single tractor token coming in from Thanison. So it just it, it depends on the list, I would say. Um, I, I don't see as as good as Seven Sister is currently right now. And, and granted, this is an extended ship. Um, Seven Sister is a standard legal card. I I don't know if it's meta breaking um but yeah i mean it just depends if this if this was a tractor or a token at range zero to two then i would say yeah absolutely this this would this will probably be a very problematic card but as is i don't know I, i'm not sure if this one would be something that would make me hesitate to like have this included in the game i i don't i i don't like it if if, if it went to just getting rid of the activation and it was engagement <clears throat> then I think it might be a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I, there, I think this has a problematic tendency, and you, there is no jam on here. This is just tractor. You know, yeah, this is just tractor. Yeah. If it had, if it was just jam, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Which would actually be more akin to uh, first order, if we're being honest. That's like yeah. first order themselves are the jammers of the world. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> And this actually works really well with tyranny as well, right? Because when you have the um, the betrayed trust condition, that ship, whenever it activates, it gives everything in its firing arc a stress. Then you can trigger a Thanison off of that to track to them. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I just feel that it's a a bad. I think it's a bad card, but right. I think it's not as bad. How about this? It's not as bad as Finn. Yeah, I agree there. Yeah. Speaking of the Empire, my next pick is Countdown. And I won't tell you I insanely hate Countdown, but I do. Because essentially it gets five rounds, three or four rounds, where it can just say, nope. We're just yeah, going to cancel your hits. It's like an insane Iden, you know? So 
I do agree that Countdown is definitely a tough ship to take down. Um, however, I don't think it's unbeatable. This this is a ship that requires it to be focus fired. Um, you can't engage this just one on one because Countdown will will come out on top all the time, right? Because it just has the ability to uh, take a stress and negate all the damage and just take a single damage on edge. Um, it's still not immune to bombs. It's still um, uh, anything that can flip a, uh, a damage card over can potentially cripple it as well. Uh, when you take a look like the at the Kylo Ren uh, condition cards or uh, Deadeye Shot uh, that can force you to flip over a card, um, that can definitely help uh, like mess that up. Um, the other part is ships that can give away stress, uh, like Agent Tierney, um, can definitely shut this down as well. Um, it, it, there's there's a couple of counters out there available for countdown. Um, in it, it's just one of those ships that kind of forces you to draw attention to it in order for you to shut it down. Um, it, it it does force you to change the way you're flying and how you're choosing your engagements because you're either going to chase down this four point ship or Darth Vader. That's most likely going to be in that list or the Empire there. Um, as far as negative play, I don't know if it would be. Um, this is 100% a hundred percent a negative play experience. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> because because what it what you're saying is you have to know how to fly your whole force to kill it. It's like again, if this was charge based, or even if it was once around, right? Once around, you can negate damage. Then is, you would only need huh? It is once around. Because you would you take a stress the second you use it, and then after that, it turns off the ability for the rest of that round. So you wouldn't okay. be able to use it consecutively. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe once every two. I I don't. I I. It's just to me, it's a negative play experience. That's that's what it is. And and it's just it's a ship that can go get objectives and live forever. And it's because like so if let's say I'm flying a five ship list, I have to dedicate three ships to that to kill that ship now. And now you've just completely ruined everything that I wanted to do. Like it's not just a little bit ruined; it's like pretty ruined, you know. <clears throat> and if you roll like crap on one of those, it it basically is like a free one, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. To me, it's to me, it's it's this is again when we talk about Iden is one charge for the whole time. This just makes it a little bit more. To me, it's a little bit worse, but yeah, definitely. All right, next up is my Neon Nub. Um, and I'll be honest with you, this is more of a meme thing than anything else. Um, Neon Nub is really only a negative play experience for like beginning players, uh, such as when I first started playing. And you can basically <laughs> clear your stress, do all these other shenanigans, get double modded. You, you can pattern analyzer, then you can get rid of your stress, do another action. Just It's just stupid. Um, but it says, after you gain a stress token, if there is an enemy ship in your front arc at range 0 to 1, you get to remove that stress token. Which that means you could take additional actions. Yeah, exactly. So the combo that you're talking about specifically is, like, let's say in the event that you're doing a 4K with Ninum. Um, if Ninum is equipped with Pattern Analyzer, then before Ninum uh, attains a stress, he can use Pattern Analyzer to perform an action. Now, the T-70s on their foils, they have the ability to perform a barrel into a red focus. So you can essentially do that barrel to reposition, then take that red focus 
And then at that point, um, when you gain the stress from taking the red, the red focus, if you have a ship in your front arc, you can remove that stress. Then at the end of that particular chain, then the end of pattern analyzer happens. Then you would check for the, sh the stress that you would get from executing your 4K. Again, if you have a ship in your front arc, then you would lose that stress as well, since it's different timing. And then because you have no stress, then you're able to now move on to your perform action step, which would allow you to take a action at that point, which in most cases, it would either be a, um, a target lock action um, or a boost if you needed to as well, or you know any combination of that sequence of events. Um, it is it, it essentially makes this like a, a pseudo tide defender um, in the way that it can maneuver. Uh, the only caveat is that you just have to have that enemy ship in your front arc so you can trigger Neenum's ability. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the only requirement for that one. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, in, in reality, Neenum is is very low on my list. I throw it in there just because just a meme JJ um, more than anything else because he's <laughs> the one that showed me that combo. Um, so I, yeah, I, it, it's really good. It's again not the insane crazy thing that every you know that people think it is i will say just it can be a negative play experience to begin with but you know again it's very situational and again i guess if you talk to cory 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 runs elo elo actually is almost worse i think in the long run than um neonub becomes <coughs> because neonub only has the three maneuvers he can do and you know that if they he can do them and be at range one that's a little bit easier to afford doing elo on the other hand is a little bit different so elo yeah. triggers no matter what you know for it all right the next one is, which i think jj might be a little surprised that I, I put a separatist ship yeah. in here sunfac sunfac never dies <laughs> at least for everybody else for me sunfac dies turn one like every time um i think sunfac by himself is not the problem right um but i will say being able to roll that extra dice this is kind of a feels bad especially in an i6 um but the bigger the bigger combination is that is the ensnare which essentially allows you to give that tractor token to somebody else so you don't reduce your agility they get the tractor token you get to reposition them then you get to shoot three to four dice at them um, every time. And again, them changing tractor rules to allow you to rotate is nice. Um, completely nice. But again, I think Sunfac can be a negative play experience. Um, at, at some point, though, he's he is six points, so you're not going to see a lot of them. But I will tell you, Sunfac does not like to die at all. Um, I, I've had mixed experiences with uh, with Sunpack. He does definitely take a lot of time to get used to because um, on the surface he does appear like he can be an ace, especially with you know the the tractor shenanigans that he can pull off within the snare. Um, however, he's very limited on where he can go. Right, he can't double reposition like a Suntier. Um, he his only reposition actually is just based off of that tractor ability. So if he ends up choosing the wrong maneuver, it's very hard for him to get out of arc to um, to avoid being shot. And this is particularly uh, true when he's facing up against a medium or a large spaceship that doesn't care about the a single tractor. 
um, for his ability to to work, the ship has to be fully tractored. So a medium base needs two tokens and a large base needs three tokens in order for Sunfact to have that ability um, matter with, um, with, with this. Um, on a side note, uh, yesterday I actually went out to my locals and somebody was running a Chertek with uh, Sunfact, uh, both with Ensnare and uh, a Zam on a Fire Spray. And I actually watched them ensnare his um, his own Zen Wessel to get out of three arcs, <laughs> <laughs> and then shoot out the back. It was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in in live person X Wing. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that was uh, just a, a, an anecdote from last night, man. That was that was that's crazy. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one is Tarani. Kolda, and again, Tarani's really not the end of the world type thing, but Tarani gets the double ability. You get dead to rights, which essentially says you can't modify if you're in the bullseye. Um, <clears throat> Tarani also says after you perform an attack, each enemy ship in your bullseye suffers one damage unless it removes a green token. Um, I don't think, again, I, it, we're, we're getting, I, I'm saving the the one I hate the most for the last um, we're gonna that I'm, we we probably all know that one, but we're gonna save that one to the last. But Tarani was a is for newer players can be a negative play experience as well. I think, um, just because if you miss that ability once, um, you're screwed. In extended, there is some shenanigans about tractoring Tarani and moving um her right. So <laughs> I've seen that happen before. <clears throat> um, I just again when we talk about auto damage and this goes into multiple ships, this is like an insane jam effect. Again, I get it. It's only, it's only the, you know, bullseye, but still this is a big jam effect that goes into play or everybody's taking damage. And, you know, in X-Wing, we don't want to take damage all the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I think the ships that go along, or at least the upgrade that goes along with it uh, very well is cluster missiles with um, cluster missiles with the R5TK, which allows you to target friendlies. So if you're able to set up a, a lock on a friendly, have that, that friendly ship bump an enemy ship so that way they can't move, and then you can get Tarani to go in and line up that bullseye you can do your first uh, cluster missile shot on that friendly ship, cancel it with munitions failsafe, trigger the ability, and then take the, the second shot on your intended target, and then trigger the ability again onto that ship, uh, resulting onto automatic damage onto that particular ship using Tehran and Kolda. Um, it's not an easy feat to pull off, um, but when it does hit, man, that, that can definitely feel like a very big negative play experience. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> again if it was like once per round I would think that you could probably at least that's only one damage and maybe one ship right like instead of saying every ship in bulls I just say you know one ship or maybe up to two ships I don't know but if you just say it once around then you you would at least stop that weird effect because I think again that's the bigger thing is how do I trigger all this and, and, and screw another player over I could do this multiple times blah 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 that's the worst part about that it's 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 not as much that you're taking the auto damage, but it's that you could take it up to two times um, in a round, and and that's so it. I think that's the bigger thing um, there. Or it's a, like a double cham token, you know, twice. 
Like Finpod's the only one that doesn't care about this. There you go. They're gonna have a focus token. Oh, have a focus token. Um all right, the next one we're getting towards the end here. The next one <clears throat> that makes the list is Quick Draw and Phasma. And it's only these two in combination. Outside of that, I don't like actually think Phasma's broken or Quick Draw's broken. I like Quick Draw um a lot for the double tap, personally. But the so here's here and, and it, you can add all these other things which makes everything such a feels bad. You can pattern analyze, get your get your action, then you can do your turnaround maneuvers, right? Or your one hearts stay together. Then you get your proud tradition on top of that. Right? And then if you don't shoot at quick draw because you don't want the extra attack, you can shoot if you shoot at Phasma, it gets to determine which it wants to cancel. Here's the worst part. It screws you over if, if Phasma has a crate, which Phasma should almost always just have a crate because it can cancel that crit. And then it doesn't lose the crate. And then Quick Draw gets a shot. She just goes, here you go. Uh, thank you. I'm going to shoot now a second time. <clears throat> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're going with that one there. Um, the, the other interaction I, I was going to say is Lynn Gaba. Uh, which is the new TIFO pilot that allows you to perform the slam maneuver with quick draw. And then, yeah, he can take a damage to uh, remove the weapons disabled, which will trigger his ability right there. Um, so I, I'm kind of mixed on it, right? Because while it is definitely a neat ability on quick draw to take that, uh, that bonus primary attack when he loses a shield, it also weakens quick draw, right? Because now he has one less shield to, to go, and he's only a two agility ship. And if you spend your tokens on that attack, um, you're more than likely not going to have a follow up token to back up that second attack that he's going to do, whether it's the first primary shot or the second one. And then on top of that, if you get shot back with quick draw, you can't take more than one uh, bonus shot per turn. And yeah, if he loses his shields, the majority of times, which quick drop does become the priority shot here. Um, even if you're taking one bonus shot, as long as you take off those shields from quick draw, then quick draw ability just basically is blank at that point. He's just an I6 yep. ISF pilot. So it's, I, I don't know. I think having control when you can trigger quick draw is something that, that takes time to master because quick draw usually has the target on its back to take off the shields and then quick draw is just ignored after that after that you just hunt every everyone else down um so i don't know i i don't know if it's necessarily a negative play experience um, it's it's only anyway. with phasma that's it right right it's it, it's i will tell you i don't think quick draw is that negative of a play experience like like yeah. I, I do get it like it's not super fun for them to slam then shoot you but at least with the with Lynn, you can't upgrade uh, uh, add a shield upgrade at all. Yeah, so sure. you're still you're you're yeah. you you're stuck at three shields. Um, so you, you really you're only gonna get that off once, maybe twice if you're lucky and nobody shoots. The bigger thing is the phasma <clears throat> because what it does is no matter who you target, quick draw always gets two shots, and that's to some extent a feels bad, um, in and of itself. Okay. All right, who else do we have? We haven't even talked about your hate list. You don't, you must not have a hate list. Nope, I don't. Uh, you don't have a hate list. 
You do too. You have to. You do too. I maybe things I I don't like to face off against. Um, but as far as something that needs to be banned from the game, um, I don't know. Um, I think everything that has really good abilities can be adjusted with points, so that way you can't. So if we break down what exactly makes something uh, bad, right, it's usually a number of different factors, right? Uh, the availability of that particular upgrade or uh, or that pilot in terms of like their cost um, is usually the the biggest driving factor for that, right? Um, it, like for instance, like taking a look at Defender Vader, right? Um, you know his ability on the Tide Defender is very very good. He's very can put out a lot of offense on there. Um, if in for instance, let's say if Defender Vader was like an eight point pilot, right? It would be very oppressive at that point because um, while defensively Defender Vader is not very great, offensively is very good. When you combine other ships that can be added onto that particular list, then that's when it becomes oppressive because it's almost like an, an auto include at that point because it's a very big offensive potential piece at that point. Um, but when you start adjusting its points to make it nine or 10 or 11 points, and, and, and I'm just using Vader as the, the, the piece in this part, you can kind of adjust the power level at that point, right? Because then you have to now start making decisions on the rest of the list on what you can bring, right? You can um, expect to to bring Defender Vader and, let's say, rack in a bunch of TIE Fighters because they won't fit in a particular list. You have to mm -hmm. sacrifice somewhere along the way in order to have the balance, right? Because while Vader can go out and take out ships easily, he's not going to be winning objectives. He's not going to be able to hold um, a cargo very well because that's going to turn off uh, his ability to reposition and it'll make him a target. And he's not going to be able to hold objectives on like assault because he's just a single ship by itself. So it's just having that balance in in the game to adjust for those those particular problematic cards or pilot upgrades that that can be a negative play experience and that's how i look at it at least <clears throat> sure jj all right <laughs> so here is the all in all so there's a couple of pilots that that in upgrades that have made the cut so um the sloan crew i don't like sloan crew i think admiral sloan crew it's is bad. is crap um i don't like death troopers i think death troopers are problematic in this environment. I don't think before they were, but I really do think in this environment they are very problematic. Juke, I insanely hate Juke. I think Juke, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how you fix Juke, but maybe maybe Juke is worth 10 points, I guess. You know, um, I really do think Juke's like super good, and I really, Juke is another one that I just cannot stand. Um, the, uh, Pattern Analyzer, I put that on there just because I think it should be neutered so it's more like advanced sensors. I think Pattern Analyzer saying you get this is your action only fixes everything. Um, and you can even leave it at the same cost. Keep it at five points and say you get one action. That's it. Okay, great. Because then you can't do the, 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 the some of the other shenanigans that go along with it. Mm -hmm. um, I think Kira is BS but I don't think Kira breaks anything personally but Kira is stupid. Um, and then the lat ability I think is broken. 
at least the, um, in in Republic. You're um, talking about the uh, the rerolls, correct? Yeah, all the rerolls just has to be an arc type thing. I, I really have a bigger issue, especially because it could be twice a charge. I think if you figure out how to change the lat, because the lat is such a cool ship, I would hate to see the lat disappear, right? Like, I don't want to see the lat go away, but I just, like, I have a bigger issue with the lat, and it's giving all the rerolls for everything, because what the lat does is it, it basically says, I can be an extreme support ship, and all your other ships can just murder things, because they're all going to get extra rerolls. So it's like giving Jedis and all these born for this abilities and all these other things mod that like mods upon mods upon mods. It's like, did we not learn our, our lesson with the rebels? Um, so I think, you know, the lat ability itself is problematic. And then the last one before we get to my ultimate hate machine is the born for this ability, I think is somewhat broken. Um, I think that born for this ability it's not the pilots themselves. I don't think the cost of all those pilots are the bigger issue. I think it's just the actual ability itself is a little problematic um, because it doesn't restrict you from spending all these other different types of tokens. It's just at range zero to two, right? So I don't know. I think that's to me, that's the bigger, the bigger thing with that one is just that, um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe it won't be super prominent, but I do think that, that just again it's there's no charge base it has the ability to do it multiple times in a round it's really hard to focus fire a ship down now and you're just sharing mods everywhere as long as nobody's strained right um so you could trajectory trajectory simulator a a thermal and then give everybody strain and then it would be different right then nobody could share it yeah That's but right. the number one hated ship is torkel mux and that's at the start of engagement, you may choose one ship in your firing arc. If you do, that ship engages at initiative zero instead of its normal initiative value this round. I don't even think Torkel Mux is that good now. And I don't even think he's like, he's not even really that great because of the, um, you know, not being able to take the title anymore. The title really made him super oppressive. But without the title, I still hate him. Like, this is the first ship, like, in X Wing. <laughs> hands down that I would say F this ship. I'm done with it. I cannot stand this ship specifically. Um, yeah. Um, Torkoal is the last remnant of an ability that was very prominent in 2.0, which is being able to adjust your initiative. Uh, sorry. Uh, the last uh, remnants of 1.0, I should say, um, that allows you to like change your initiative and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm a little torn on it, right? Because you're right. Without the title, he's not a three die. He doesn't have a three die gun anymore. Um, the loadout on Torkoal is pretty abysmal um, on it, and it basically, I, it's almost in the same category as Kanan, in my opinion, because you can essentially negate a big shot that's coming into a particular ship if you're able to align the firing arc correctly um in order to get you know, uh, his his ability off um and potentially take out that ship or at least um damage that ship enough or force that ship to spend its tokens before it could perform its attack um but that's kind of thematic for scum for what they have with their pilots as well um 
at its point cost, you almost just want to go with Paylob anyway because you're you're you get the title and you have enough points to put Notorious on on Paylob, and I think right now Paylob is probably more of a pain than Torkoal is. Um, but yeah, just that initiative that initiative um, like uh, like downgrade is 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 a big deal, especially when you have like high initiative bases that want to delete stuff before they get a chance to shoot. So. Yeah, <clears throat> like I said, I, I in two point five, I think Torkoal has kind of lost his 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 bite. his bite. But at the same time, it's just this was my number one hated ship ever for a long period. time. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there is Tanner's hate list. JJ finally got his wish. That was a Christmas yes. miracle. JJ got all of Tanner's hate list. So that so that that way JJ knows what to build against me whenever we fly a new list. He'd be like, here, let's let's see if we could trigger Tanner to not fly that list good. <laughs> right exactly all right so we want to move into the custom cards which is kind of i think the yes. last segment that we had though i want to yes. say maybe we should never do any of jj's custom card just keep it at tanner's <laughs> so this is uh this is jj's wish list this is uh, the idea behind this was um, there are still currently a lot of uh, characters in the Star Wars universe between uh, the movies, the series, the animated series and stuff that haven't made it out to X-Wing as of yet, either because they're too new or we just they just haven't translated from like 1.0 or something like that. And um, these are, are I, I went mainly for for crew members that I would like to see in the uh, in Star Wars X-Wing. Um, so we made some custom um, some custom cards here uh, for everybody to see and enjoy as a wish list for something that I would like to see in X-Wing. And, uh, and we'll go over them now here. All right. Well, do you want to start at the top, just at the, at the top top? Or do we want to, Jimmy, yeah. pick which ones we want? Let's start. Let's start from Rebels down, and we'll go from there. All right. All right. So, the first one that we have here is for the Rebel Alliance. Now, this is a crew card that I made here. This is for Chirrut Imwe from uh, Rogue One. Um, his ability reads: uh, He is a crew member, medium uh, for the Rebels, medium ship only. I have him with a non-recurring force charge. His ability reads: While you perform an attack at range zero to one, if you are not stressed. You may spend one force to change up to two focus results to hit results. After you fully execute a red maneuver, you recover a force. Now, the the theme behind this particular card uh, was from 1.0. Chirrut um, used to be the face of a talent uh, that used to be known as um, as expertise, uh, which had a similar ability. Um, you can change all your focus results into hits as long as you weren't stressed. I wanted to add the non-recurring force mechanic on this one um similar to like keo um you have to execute something in order for you to do it so it's not something that can happen all the time it basically forces you to do that red maneuver um that makes you less repositional um for you to to be able to recover your force Mm -hmm. and uh and recharge this ability uh, in order for you to use it um, it can be used, it is, main use is defensive, um, but you can spend that force defensively if you need to in a pinch. And since it's restricted to medium base only, um, this would work either on the Arc-170s for the Rebels uh, or the uh, the U-Wing on the Rebels, which have their own 
advantages and disadvantages for doing red maneuvers and stuff. So I would say the only caveat I, that I, I think you would never see the light of day with that card is the range zero. Just because you cannot, you should not be able to modify attack dice at range zero. Hey, uh, what is <clears> it? CIS can do that currently with Ursa Run. No. Yes, they can. How? Ursa Ren specifically says it allows you to re-roll the dice at range zero to one. All right. Well, that's probably a mistake on their behalf then. No, it was intentional. They intentionally created that card to work at range zero to one. Well, maybe we should start putting that on, on Aurora. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't uh, have, well, have a crew slot. She doesn't have a slot. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it is excellent on Previsla. It is excellent. That's like stable known there. Yeah. So, um, so I, I would probably put this crew card. I would, I would say, at about seven points. What do you think? Uh, seven points seems fair. Yeah. I mean. The only, the, 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 I guess the nice thing is, is because you don't get the reoccurring force. If you put a reoccurring force, it would have to be like 15, but without yeah, it being exactly. reoccurring, I, I, again, the range zero seems because again, the, here, here's the problem, JJ, it, it's an automatic, not a, not a reroll, right? So pre or Ursa, you say is a reroll. So maybe if it said you could at range zero, you could reroll. For the force spend and then at range one you can make the conversion then i would say that you're probably gonna have this probably have to be closer to a a, a 10 is my guess because if you're gonna modify range zero dice <clears throat> that easily it's got to be worth a little bit more okay i still don't see ursa right. ren in here it's a crew card and it doesn't show up in my thing not in CIS. Stand by. Oh, I'm sorry. Ursa Ren Gunner. Sorry. Oh, okay. She's, uh, she's four points. Oh, no, wait. I'm talking about the wrong person. Sorry. Uh, yeah, say that. I don't know who you're talking about. That does that, not. Stand by. Hang on. Uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan crew at six points. Yeah, so you could re-roll a die. So if you change yeah. yours, if you want it at seven, you need to change it to say um, re-roll at range zero and convert at range one. You could just say if you you could probably just say because it's two results, you could just say re-roll instead of convert, and I think that would be the same thing. Okay. If you did that, then you could leave it at both and just say because it's a force point. Um, there's that. So my pick for rebels this year was B. Five non-recurring charges. While you coordinate, you may spend X amount of charges to coordinate that many additional ships. Coordinate actions can only be for actions on your action bar. To make it a little bit more fair so they can't just take whatever they want. Um, <clears throat> it is a coordinate into an evade, but it can only be used in Rebel, and it can only be used on medium or large bases. That way... If there is, I don't think there is a way in Rebel to put a small base crew slot in. Because don't, they don't have R2-D2 as a pilot. So I don't know if you um, can. The Sheetapede. Okay. So then here you go. So this would this would, this would would stop the Sheetapede from taking it. Um, yeah. Because we don't want something that's got more agility to be able to take it. But, you know, something like this would be decent on a, like, I always think of the, either a Falcon would be kind of cool to have coordinating Falcon. 
or you would be able to use it on like Hera. I guess Hera is extended, but uh, what would be Callus uh, or Chopper? Um, on Chopper, this seems to be pretty cool. Um, and I think it, some of it was to go for the thematic of BMO is the essence of what do we really, you know, like what do we want the rebellion to be? BMO is that character that came out and just kind of said, hey, you're going to love me. I'm an amazing character. I am the best character, I think, out of Andor, in my opinion. Um, even even over Luthen, I think I like this, this droid. Um, and it only gives you non-recurring charges. So essentially, you're going to be able to use this for three rounds at most. Um, I don't know. What do you think, JJ? Okay. What's the point cost that you're thinking? Oh, this 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 is probably going to be like an eight point cost. That, that was my guess. Okay. Um, my only concern is the wording for it, um, because technically, if you put the coordinate on this, then you can essentially allow other ships to now perform a coordinate action off of the coordinate they just provided over to them. Oh, so I yeah. would I would actually take off the the coordinate into link evade just so they can't exploit that um but other than that i do like it i mean it's a it's a five charge so it's not something that can be used all um the entire game um you can have one really big turn where you can coordinate your entire list um or do it over over time and you have that flexibility to do it um i i like the i like the the theme behind it it's actually really nice i like it yeah, that's fair. I agree with you. It has. It's gonna have to lose that coordinate, I guess. Then, because yeah, yeah, it does add it, or you would have to put a stipulation that it can't coordinate to coordinate something like that. One yeah, you would, you would, you would essentially rewrite it to say you may perform a coordinate action, and then um, while you coordinate, you may spend X uh, charges that you just have to add the you may perform a coordinate action, and that way you can still do the coordinate off of this card without having that icon added to the bar. Um, and that way they can't like coordinate off the coordinate. So, yeah. Okay. And I still like the, the, the evade, the red evade with it though. Yeah. Like, so maybe it just says gain, gain, gain a stress to gain an evade token or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Next up is empire. Yes. So this one here, um, I set up a card, a crew card here. For the Empire, for Galen Erso, uh, who was uh, the father of Jin Erso that we see in the Rogue One uh, movie. So I kind of based it off of his story, right? Um, Galen, as we know, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Rogue One, which is one of the best Star Wars movies ever. Um, Galen, uh, he, he decided to go into the Empire and kind of set his trap for, for the Death Star, right? Um, and I kind of used that theme for this particular card. So it has a setup. Uh, you have to uh, go into your deck and place a take a whole breach card and put it under this particular upgrade card um, for the damage check. So while you perform an attack at the ship that has this crew, it can spend a charge, it has two non-recurring charges, to change a focus result into a critical result. And then after you suffer a critical damage, you must suffer instead the assigned card, which is the whole breach. So it works kind of like the Kylo Ren, um, the Kylo Ren ability, uh, which you know you would assign a um, a pilot card uh, under that particular ability, and when you ever you suffer a crit, you suffer that instead. This has the same theme, 
um, and, uh, and in this case, it would be a hole breach. And I chose that particular card because it kind of helps set up the downfall of your ship, right? You can, a hole breach usually sets up a chain of crits, um, which would be like a direct hit into a direct hit and so on. And that's very thematic for like what Galen did with the Death Star, right? One, one critical just set off the entire chain of events uh, of explosions inside of the Death Star. And that's why I wanted to give that, get that theme in there for the Empire. You have a passive mod in the focus to a crit result, but on the same hand, you're getting this, this crit that could potentially blow up your ship really fast. Yeah, I think this is, I think this is a great card. I would, I would even say this could be two to three points. Honestly. Yeah, that was my my idea. I, I had this at a uh, at a three point cost. Yeah, yeah, because this just gives you the ability. I mean, you're not really affecting the game that much. Um, you know, you still don't have to worry about the range zero thing because you you don't bypass that, and mm -hmm. it, it, all you're doing is essentially saying it's just like a free calculate. It's 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 like the energy shell thing. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. It's a charge that does that, and it only happens. But you know. Two times, yeah, like, yeah. This is a two or three point cost card. I would, and again, it gives you that other option if you're building out your empire list, right? And you have a crew slot you don't know what to do with. Here's three points. It gives you, it gives a real option. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now make it a gunner slot too, and then I could take it on my card called Cadet One Two Four Dash Three Two Nine. So this is an I three pilot. It is a tie RB. I don't know what we would cost this, but essentially I have given the, this tie RB gets a modified engines upgrade or, uh, you know, text, which essentially says spend one of your charges to decrease the difficulty of your maneuver. While you decrease the difficulty of your maneuver, you may reroll one dice. Then if your attack hits deal one damage, to a friendly ship at range zero to one, if you are able to. He says, of you are able to, but it's supposed to be if you are able to, essentially. So, so essentially, so if you did, so it should, it should have two separate sentences, right? So if you decrease the difficulty of your choice using the modified engines, then at that point, if you met that condition, then you're able to reroll one dice. And I'm assuming this is either on attack or defense, or is yep. it just attack only? Nope. Attack or defense. Okay. And then if on offense, if your attack hit, then you you deal one damage to a friendly ship at range zero to one. So it would have it would be yourself if you have nobody else around you. Yes. That way you okay. can't just ignore it, right? You, you know, like you just can't ignore it. Um Okay. So you know who this is, right? Yeah, I'm solo. I'm this solo. is Han Solo. Yeah. And so I did a little research and I guess Han Solo did modify his TIE fighter and all I guess crashed it into other people and so um, so that was kind of the idea the thematic piece of it was to give you like a pilot that you would have to do damage to it's it's kind of like a ruthless without it being ruthless but originally I had just range one but then I was like now nah, you gotta have that range zero in there because there has to be somewhat of a downside to this otherwise you guys have a tie RB stop and not take any damage and all these other things so but I only wanted the damage to be done on offense versus defense. Okay. And hence, if you give me a Galen Urso gunner, then I can run this on Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. That would be really fun. All right. 
On to scum cards. Yes. So I did have an error on this. I completely forgot to change. Uh, it's It should not be a talent slot. It should actually be a crew, a crew slot for this one. Uh, so this one for scum, <laughs> we have Fennec Shand. Uh, so this one is a dual-sided card. Um, so the front end has, while you perform an attack, if the enemy is in your bullseye, you may change a focus result into a critical result. And then after you suffer a face-up ship or crew damage, you flip this card. On the reverse side, it has Cybernetics Enhanced Fennec. It has two non-recurring charges. It says you may spend a charge to perform a red maneuvers and actions while stressed. After you suffer a critical damage, you may recover a charge. So it basically goes from the Marksman Fennec um, that, um, that we, we know and love from um from the mandalorian series and we do see her at the end of uh bad batch season one uh being there she is a, a very good marksman and then we go to the book of boba fett version of uh fennec that has the cybernetic enhancements in there and because of that i kind of wanted to give her something like contraband cybernetics um a, an ability like that for her crew um so that way she is able to um be more uh more effective while she's stressed because she has those enhancements on there um i wanted to make it better than contraband um, because obviously you know this is a, a more well-known character um but because of the ability the potential for it <clears throat> i want to say that i would probably put this at a six point cost for this crew yeah this has to be six or seven points <clears throat> yeah I do agree. I mean, I the only issue I have is I don't like after you suffer a crit, you get to recover a charge. Uh, so, so essentially, you if you think about this, you could put this on Bosk, and as long as you get a crit damage, Boss can just sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there forever, um, which I do not like. But <clears throat> but it's still a crit. I mean, but it is still a crit. If you get a damage sensor array, then you can't really do any other actions. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we'd have to play test with it. I, I don't think it's bad um, in any way or broken. Um, I would be a little cautious on that crit. But yeah, this has to be a six or seven point cost. Easy. You yeah, know. easy. Yeah. Um, for it. All right. My scum one was Mercurial Swift, the lone bounty hunter. And this is probably because I just I, I read that the that uh, the aftermath books this year. Um, at the beginning yeah. of the year, so this kind of came up. But his ability um, is Lone Hunter, right? And it says, if no friendly ships are in your arc at range 0 to 2, reduce the difficulty of all basic maneuvers. I put him in the ST-70. I made it basic only maneuvers. That way you can't just do a stop and just sit there because um, yeah. that would be BS. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this gives this is like, if you think about it, this is like L337 programming just kind of as a card. Um, but yeah. it has a condition of no friendly ships. So, because he is truly a lone bunny, bounty hunter. Um, his ability is while performing an attack, you may spend up to three charges with one reoccurring every turn to give the defender that many ion tokens. If you do suffer one crit immediately. Okay. So the idea is, is, is you're able to ionize, which again, the tractor would be the worst part, but because it's just an ion token, you're just essentially saying, Hey, I want this ship to stay put. Um, and this basically, if you read any of the aftermath books, and I guess I could say this because they're pretty old now. So Swift essentially says, no, no, no. I do not want to 
partner with Dengar and basically went against everybody, then tried to blackmail and like capture one. Uh, was it Jazz? Jazz? I can't remember how to Jess. Jazz? I think it was Jazz. Um, which was another bounty hunter that was teaming up with Sloan at the time and basically gets a crew together and then the crew all churns on him. <laughs> and he's like, screw you. <laughs> but he has this um, sword axe type thing yeah. that has poison in it. And basically what it does is it, you know, it, it, it stops you and that's how he uses it to assassinate. And I can't remember who he assassinates at this point. It's been a while. Um, but yeah, so the idea would be is you could stop him from, you could stop people from moving with your ion tokens. So you would be able to do it on a base, big base ship, but you would only be able to do it, but you can essentially ionize somebody every turn, but in turn you suffer a crit. So I guess if you're shielded, it's really not that big of a deal, but the same token, you're suffering a crit damage. And since these things only get two, two shields, you, you, if, if anybody shoots at this, essentially that crit you're suffering is in exchange to give somebody an ion token. Yeah. I, so, um, so just to follow up then, so the, the ability to add ions should be worded to say, if this attack hits, then you can add the ion tokens or can you do it regardless if it hits or not? I was saying do it regardless of, of if it hits, but okay. it might be too powerful. So maybe you would have to do that that way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say that the attack would, would have to hit in order for you to be able to apply that. Um, and that penalty of taking one crit is is definitely uh, a, a good way to level that out. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an easy seven cost ship. Yeah, I, I would say I, that's a seven cost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it being an I three, you might be able to get away with six points for it, but I don't know. Like, I guess if you, if the attack has to hit, maybe you could go down to six, but yeah, if the attack has to hit, it's I, at that point, I would be, I would agree that it would be a good qualify for a six point cost. Um, but without it, uh, if it's automatic, then it has to be seven at that point. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on to resistance. All right, so this one here is Toradoza. Now I put her uh, specifically on the fireball, even though she has she is has not flown it in the show, um, but that's currently what we have for X Wing. That's even remotely related to the show here. Um, so on this one here, I gave her the same chassis ability as the fireball. Uh, her ability reads: After you fully execute a two to four speed maneuver, you may execute a boost maneuver even while stressed. Um, I added this particular um, ability for the fireball because she is an ace. She is a racer, so she uh, naturally would like to go faster. Um, and I think that goes very, very well with the fireball just to make it a lot more maneuverable and to get into spaces. Um, this could probably work very well with like ordinance in order for it to get into like close range to get the certain ordinance off. The loadout would. I, I probably have to be around the same as Kaz, um, or if not just slightly less, in order for her to be viable over Kaz. Um, but I think it's a, it's a fun pilot to add for the fireball. Yeah. Four points. I think it's fine. You, you could kill, kill the loadout, make the loadout like, I don't know, like five points of loadout, and you could have her at three if you wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Her, her <laughs> cost would be directly linked to her loadout value. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a good ship. I, I yeah, I don't see any big issues with that. It'd be nice if we could get her ship in the game because it looks cool. Yeah. So, so I kind of went very similar themed. I did Griff. 
I don't know how to say his last name. Halloran. Yeah. Um, and essentially, Griff flies. Is called a modified Tie Fighter. They don't have Tie Fighters in in Resistance. Yes. So I, I decided to to use a, a more of an AC ship for an RZ two A. Um, I do agree. We could, if we wanted to deal with and look at how do we want to make, um, how do we want to make the ship Tie Fighter in Resistance? We could do that. Um, it would be an easy way for AMG to sell shit <laughs> uh, pretty very easily. But for now, what I decided to do is just say, hey, let's just put it in an, in an AZ-2 AZ A-Wing because essentially his modified TIE Fighter is not a TIE Fighter. It does not move like a TIE Fighter. It does not do anything like a TIE Fighter at all. Um, So I gave it the, the text of saying, after you perform a red maneuver or action, you may gain an ion token instead of a stress. And that's very thematic for him because he get, they, they they were giving out ion tokens when they used to do the racing in the first season. Mm -hmm. So that was like a big thing. Like everybody got ionized, blah, 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 you know? Um, so I thought that, and, and I would actually even challenge taking the explosion with wings off of Do uh, off of Doza and giving her the classes aces title to say the mm. same thing. I think that would be that's very thematic. It would be hilarious. Um, it would be something different. AMG has not done before. I would probably um, name it like modified for racing. Sure. That's right? fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you do. <laughs> Classus aces was just a way for me to identify. So he is the black ace. Yeah. Essentially his actual, actual ability is while your turret is pointed forward, increase your attack die by one and decrease your defense die by one. So essentially it's, it's because Griff is not the Griff is extremely offensive and not as defensive. If you watch the show, Griff is very aggressive. I wanted to do it without the stress, like for tally, but essentially this is just kind of a tally-ish uh, maneuver. You mean Lulo? Or not Lulo? Lulo. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like Lulo, except for in, except for it's based on where your turret is pointed. So that way you can't point your turret in the back and still do this ability. So it's a little bit less than Lulo, so it will allow you to have, I think, a higher. Um, I think you can still bring this in at four points. But you can have a higher loadout value to give Griff more of a punch if you wanted. Yeah, I like that. And, it, and essentially, the idea would be is so if you like, I would not give it a torpedo slot. I think that would be very criminal to give a proton torpedo to this thing. <laughs> but you could like this could he could use like cluster missiles or concussion missiles and have a four dice cluster missile attack. I would actually go as far as giving it a cannon slot instead of a missile slot. Okay. Um, I think that that would work better, especially if we're if it's like a modified tie. I think that it would probably work out better for that in that case. Um, to my knowledge, the resistance doesn't have an A-wing with a cannon slot, um, so that would be probably a good carrier for a cannon. All right, that's fair. That would be, and that could be yeah. somewhat fun to to have as well. Yeah. All right, let's move on to first order. First order. So this one here is uh, Captain Kennedy uh, that we see in The Last Jedi. Uh, he was the captain of the Dreadnought that the First Order had when they were assaulting the car. Um, his ability reads, before you activate, you may spend two charges. Uh, they are recurring. If you do, each friendly ship at 0 to 1 may perform a boost maneuver. If they do, then they gain a strain token. Um, this can be only be placed on a medium or a large ship. Um, I specifically 
I wanted the timing to do before you activate. So it will be whatever ship, uh, whatever initiative that ship um, activates because you can, this will kind of encourage you to use some of the lower initiative, like C-class shuttle pilots or um, the large bases if they ever bring back the, um, the Kylo Ren shuttle. Um, and that we can trigger this off more reliably or without leaving your ships to have strain tokens. Um, and just would be like an every other thing. This is kind of like based off of Joel, Ger or sorry, off of um, Jergerod crew for uh, for the Empire, uh, just giving out a strain instead of a stress. Um, I think it's something that uh, that kind of is thematic with the First Order um, to be aggressive with their maneuvers, and that way they can uh, get into position faster if they need to. Yeah, I would say so. I like the strain yeah. over the stress personally too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes them uh, more susceptible to to being destroyed if they can't if they end up doing like red or white maneuvers. Um, because the potential of the abuse of this particular card, I would have to make it like a seven point cost. What? Uh, but I could see it being a six point cost as well. Wow, I would have thought four. Well, remember, you know the the first order has a lot of cheap, um, a lot of cheap FO fighters um, that can um, that they can, that have pretty decent blues. Uh, specifically, when you're looking at like Scorch and uh, the new DT um, Brooklyn, that can add dice to their uh, to their attacks. So um, getting them in at range one effectively makes them uh, four die guns for the first order. So that's why I want to kind of curve the control of this because I don't want to have a Z-class shuttle with this and Terex, right? So you're giving them boost and a calculate. Like, I, I feel that that would be broken. So I kind of want to make the player make have that that choice of having the, the good positioning or mods. See, but I think you're only going to get this off once a game to get that many ships on it. Like, I think it's because it's got to be range zero to one of you. So, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, that's you're true. it is. It, you I think that Upsilon would be different, right? Like, if this let's just say this medium base only, you're you're it's it's not effect is because it's not like it could be a big wide like Jura Giraffe, like it's a big wide range, right? Yeah, this is not. So, I I, I don't know. I I would say four points and then okay. I don't know, maybe play with it and then go from there. Um, okay. yeah, because you could also do this with the shuttle itself as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and if you yeah, think if good. it's if it's based on when you activate, so like if all your ships are in front of you and you activate, you're gonna have to be out of the way for you to boost yourself, right? And if yeah. it's gonna be all your other ships to boost, they all have to be in front of you. So it's a very, I think, it would be a lot harder to set up than than you think it is. Okay. I, I don't think it's as as impactful personally. Um, I think it's a great ability, but I don't think it's quite as impactful as you might think it is. I don't know. Give it to Crispy and tell Crispy to build a list with it and see what happens. <laughs> and if Crispy, if Crispy comes back and says this build is super good compared to my current build, then we know it has to be seven or eight points. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so I brought back the dreaded Admiral Sloan for the First Order. Her ability says during the end phase, you may spend three charges, and they are reoccurring charges to coordinate that many friendly ships at range zero to three. If you coordinate a green token, you may spend an additional charge for that ship to keep the token for the next round. So this is all during the end phase. I forgot that. Sorry. During the end phase. 
So this is not a coordinating. It gives you a coordinate at the beginning, but it also says you're able to coordinate at the end phase. So it's kind of goes to the, the Hawk repositioning type thing. Um, and essentially all you would be coordinating is like boosts or barrel rolls after engagement, right? Um, unless you spend two charges and then they could keep that green token. So again, let's say Kylo Ren, you can coordinate, I guess you could coordinate target locks too. Um, I didn't think about that. Which is fine because they, you know, yeah, that that's okay. Um, I would probably want to reword it a little bit um, to just to clarify, like if the coordinated ship uh, gains a green token, then you can spend an additional charge to keep that uh, for that ship to keep that token the next round. Um would you restrict what kind of ship can equip this? Because yeah. as of right now, um, it would only be FO. Right, only. right. But I'm talking about like medium base ships or large base, or can like small ships do it as well? There is no small ship that can carry a crew. It's just a future proof for future proof. Yeah. Then yes, and I would say medium and large base only. Okay. I would actually say if it were me, I would say large base, but they don't have any large base in the in the yeah. thing. So you like. I don't think we're going to get the Upsilon back anytime soon. And then in terms of cost, what were you thinking? Uh, to me, this is like an eight point upgrade, seven to eight points. Yeah, I would say too, because it has elements of like Gleb uh, with the coordinate. And yeah, it's it's definitely a very powerful card. Um, eight at the lowest, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially because you're going to get the charges back. You, you could just give this f three charges undo and make it like a four point card. But I really like the ability to give that white coordinate to a ship giving, you know, cause it's like, it's like tack officer. You're basically saying I'm going to replace tack officer with this. So you, it's at minimum you have the three points and now you're saying, well, I'm going to be able to do this in my end phase and give people advantages. I, you know, it really has to be that eight points. I think no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I lost my Republic card. Didn't get added in here. Well, yeah. We'll do yours first. Yeah. So uh, this one here is Wolf Yularen, uh, who's a crew here that I made for the Republic. I have him for medium ship only, uh, mainly because um, currently right now the only large base is a gauntlet, and Wolf is was very strictly uh, for, like, clone uh, Republic forces stuff. So uh, having, like, a Mandalorian on there I don't think would... Uh, like be thematic for it so I, I currently just have him on the lat uh or an arc 170 as as um as the ship that he would be on so it reads here after you suffer a critical damage you may perform a coordinate action to, uh, to a friendly ship at range zero to two if you do you uh may gain a strain token to allow that ship to gain a focus token as well um the the theme behind this here is off of the episode uh, in Clone Wars, where Ahsoka is given command uh, to um, to lead her first mission on her own as a commander, and she ends up uh, messing up that particular raid. And it was under Wolf's guidance that she was able to get back in and basically save the day. And uh, essentially, where we get the um, the artwork for uh, March Sable Closure. Uh, for um, the talent 
So I kind of want to, I base it off of that particular episode, uh, Wolf just being able to bolster their forces after they suffered a critical, uh, a critical loss. And I wanted to use that as, uh, as the, the text for Wolf. Now, it is a very powerful card because not only are you coordinating somebody that could potentially uh, reposition into a better shot, um, you're also uh, giving them a token. Um, so for that, and I do want it to fit on the latch, I would say this is a nine-point card easy uh, for its ability to provide both a coordinated action and give that ship a strain to get a focus as well. Um, so why not yeah. just take that last piece off? Right, like just say you could perform the coordinate action. Um, if you're so because the latch has to suffer a critical result in order for us to do this, uh, I, I wanted to use this as kind of like a last minute measure. Um, because you suffer damage one at a time, and I want this to, um, to essentially bolster that particular force with that extra token so that way they can come back and try to win the game uh, for that. Um, so this, this is keeping in mind that the lat is going to die and typically does, especially if it has this particular upgrade. And right before it dies, it's able to uh, perform this last action to bolster one of its other units to try to win the game for the, the faction. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just think if you got rid of that other piece, you can lower that cost. Yeah. That's all. Because, yeah, this is easily a nine-point card. <laughs> like, yeah, especially because if you suffer three crits or... Oh, God, can you imagine if you had a hull upgrade? No, you, remember, you only perform an action once per turn. So you can oh, only do okay. this once. So, yeah. All right, all right. So it's not and a, if you coordinate it early, you won't be able to do this at all. So. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So mine is a talent that I wanted to give. There is a restriction. Oops. Can't see those yet. There is a restriction on this talent. It has to be Republic only. It has to be clone or Jedi. So this cannot just go on any effing ship, though I think the majority of the ships are clones or Jedi's. Yeah. <laughs> in that faction. But I just wanted to make sure that that was in there <clears throat> to foolproof it in case anything else happens. Okay. So this is called Escape. It's a two pip. So you can put this on essentially two ships. It is a talent. Before you would suffer damage that would exceed your health, so basically before you die, you may cancel one hit or crit result. If you do suffer one crit result underneath your shield. Okay, so that's dumb. I guess so, I, this yeah. is the old version of it. So this, essentially what you're saying is it, it kind of like countdown, right? Like you can cancel all results to then just suffer a critical result. A face-up yes. damage card. Yes. Okay. Yep. So that's what I said. So he said it would be a face up underneath your shield. So let's say you're four health, or let's just say, yeah, let's say you're four health, right? You're a four health ship, and somebody does five damage to you. You can spend your charge and then take one crit, but it has to go under the shields. That way it doesn't kill you, right? But it does do some effect. But you, could, it, it, you will be able to cancel yourself. Um, from getting murdered. So it, it's basically kind of like saying, hey, it's a full brute Jedi thing, right? So if the Jedi is going to die, like, so if you have an Ada, this would be great for an Ada. There you go. I, I'm thinking of Adas when I built this, is I have somebody in an Ada, hopefully Ahsoka, or, you know, somebody cool, um, and, and somebody can one-shot an Ada. Now you don't have to be quite as careful with it, but you still have to take a crit. And, and so if you put a shield upgrade on your Ada, 
you're still taking a crit. Sorry. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was more based off of not countdown and more based off of like a grievous, um, the grievous crew. That's kind of like how I saw it. But I said, well, if it's going to be for the Republic faction, why not cancel all of them? Give it a restriction that says only if it would exceed your, your total health. So this does not help you if you only have one health left, no matter what, <laughs> like it does yeah. not help you. You have to have two or more health for this to work. Um, yeah. I have, I think this is a, a, a good card. Um, probably has to be reworded a little bit just to, to make it a little more clear, but uh, for the potential that it has, um, oh, golly, I'm trying, I'm having difficulty, like trying to put a, a cost to it. I I'm, I'm saying the ballpark of around three points is where I will put this card. Yeah. But that's what I was to say is it's, it's a, it's a three or four point card, you know, it's, it's, it's akin to like a crack shot type thing. It's a one-time use. In Republic, you can't recharge things. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I thought it would be a good way to help give some of those lower health ships a way to live. So. Nice. All right. And then going on to our last faction here, we have uh, for CIS. Now, I made this uh, crew card for Newt Gunray, which is... Uh, a character that's been suspiciously absent from the the faction, um, even though it was a very big uh, provider of all the droids and stuff. So he is a medium or large base ship only, uh, and I put on him friendly ships with independent calculations gain contingency protocol as well. Uh, contingency <laughs> protocol, which is uh, it's an upgrade that we see on the Siege of Coruscant. Uh, ships, uh, particularly like the um, the tri fighters and the vultures, um, allow them to gain and uh, to perform an action when a friendly ship dies uh, at range zero to three, and they can perform that action even while they're stressed. Um, this will probably help bolster um, that that faction a lot, um, so that way those ships can get those extra calculates. And if you haven't played with Siege of Coruscant stuff. Um, contingency protocol is awesome, and I can tell you it is very, very good in helping you get your ships into better positions when you lose, like, a, a droid. Um, because the impact of gaining extra actions um, for this, I, I would say this would have to be on the level of Kraken. This would probably have to be, like, a 10 or 11-point card. Yeah, I agree. This is easily a 10-point card. Like, this is, this is like the pinata droid card though yeah. the pinata droid card is cheaper now but um i don't know i like it i i think i think you have to be careful only because you're going to be able to fill fit a lot of droids in there but can you imagine being able to take a target lock with an energy shell like so jj did this for tanner because i bitch about energy cells sucking all the time because i'll roll <laughs> hit eyeball blank I'll, I'll have trail mix and then it's like oh two you know dice blah 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 whatever um so this would fix that because my iron assembler would be able to have a target lock <laughs> and it would be like, Oh, Merry Christmas to me. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I think it would be like, especially it would be a rival to say, Hey, do I want to take a force crew on Django or could I take this? So if this is 10 points, this could rival the force crew on Django and you can run Django and six droids together. Um, so like that, I think that yeah. just in of itself is pretty good. I would actually 100% consider that. Yeah, absolutely. So I built, well, technically three cards. 
Uh, so we're going to skip Goldie for a second. We'll come back to Goldie in a minute because JJ's going to hate that card. Um, <laughs> essentially, I decided to do Tofin Vane and Tofin's Raiders. So Tofin's Raiders are... So Tofin Vane is it's from the comic books and essentially he's like the Red Baron pilot of CIS, which CIS has really no aces. Um, uh, and Grievous is not an ace. I don't care what anyone says. And um, so, so Tolfin kind of fills that ace role that we get. He is force sensitive, and essentially Dooku manipulates Tolfin into fighting for you know CIS. And Tolfin goes insanely hardcore, like just crazy hardcore into um, winning. And then he essentially gets in a space battle with Luke or not Luke Anakin Skywalker. They shoot each other. Tolfin crashes. Luke tolls him. And he dies, burned up, dead. Just dead. He's not alive. So I wanted to kind of try to emulate that. So the first thing we did is we're going to go over the Tofin's Raiders, right? Um, they're both tri they're in Tri-Fighters. Both of them are all Tri-Fighters. Tofin's Raiders is a three-pip card. He they have zero ability. There is going to be zero ability for them other than the modified organics because they're going to be humans instead of a Tri-Fighter. The reason for that is because if you start adding a bunch of stuff, once we get to Tofin here in a second they would become way too, probably way too powerful, and I want to keep them cheap. So basically, if you want to run this I-4 by itself, whatever. Merry Christmas. There's an I-4 modified organics, um, you know, thing. If it's at four points, right, you, are you going to take Dolan over this? You, you're not. You're going to take you're going to take Dolan anytime at an I-5 yeah. with his, his ability. Um, but that way, it leaves you with the ability to add some loadout in there without them being overpowered. Tolfin is the squad leader. So essentially, he is, his ability says, after performing a focus or evade action, gain a matching token. So it's like a perceptive co-pilot for both of focuses and evades. Now, you can spend one of your energy to coordinate one Tolfin Raider, even if the ship is stressed. Because if you read the comics and you, and you look through it, he was able to command his his fighters to basically all be somewhat aces. So this gives them the ability to have double reposition per se, whatever you, however you want to show it. But because of it, you can't take like a boost focus because you're if you're stressed. So if they go a barrel roll evade, they could do a boost, but they wouldn't be able to take a focus. They could take a focus. They could do a couple of things without being it too overpowered. Now. The one caveat, which I don't think we've seen yet, is Tolfin has to spend a force charge to do a linked action. So Tolfin doesn't get to get stressed. But on the opposite side of things, he has to spend his force charge to do those linked abilities. He's an I-6. Essentially, they I don't care what anybody says, they burn down. You would not give him like any munition slots at all. He would have to be munitionless. Um, otherwise, he would become just way too powerful. Yeah. But yeah, I tried I, to. I, I tried to base him off of kind of like how you would see like Anakin, Ada, right? That's kind of what this is somewhat modeled after. Except for instead of all the extra force tokens, you get um, the energy tokens. I think the biggest issue I had with this is I don't have enough tech space to to basically make it a non-recurring force and then say you have to perform a red maneuver to get your force back, right? That that would be the ideal thing, kind of make it like a Cleo, um, Keo, but I, I didn't have enough space to put all that on there, so I didn't know how to do that. Okay. 
in terms of point costs, what are you looking at? Oh, this would be, uh, to me, it would be five points, maybe six, five to six points. I, I, I was actually in the, in the six to seven point costs because of the double tokens. But you, um, you still don't live forever, though, and they don't have that great maneuvers. Right, but it's also an I six, right? That has the potential to reposition, right? So if you look at like uh, Anakin Ada, right, which has uh, three hull as well and three agility, it has one less um, one less red um, for for its front arc. Although it does have the bullseye, um, it does have the potential to to outmaneuver, right? Um, and how, how much is that? Dodge into a little bit. And how much is um, that worth? Six points. Okay. So this can't be a, but, like more than six points, period. Well, right, but you, you get the three dice. The, the point I'm trying to say is that you get the three die arc no matter what, right? You don't have to be in bullseye for the tri-fighter to get three dice, right, naturally. So already it has a, an advantage on that particular part of the stat line versus Ada Anakin. Um, while Anakin does have three force, and that does help him, it's still only single tokens per, per, um, per conversion for focuses. Um, a focus token will convert all those uh, those results, right, with a single token use. So it is better than that. Granted, if you do end up doing like a Talon roll um, or a K-turn with the Tri-Fetter, then you lose the ability to get those double tokens. Um, but it's still very powerful to have double evades. That makes it very difficult to shoot the ship down. Um I almost would want to. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him more force just to to get rid of the charges. But um, I don't know. It's 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 kind of hard. It's kind of hard to 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 gauge the impact of the um, of the force usage for the tokens in that case. So I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little torn on it, but. I think six points probably is the, the better cost for it. Um, but I, I could see this also going to seven just because it is powerful to have double focuses or double calculates in addition to the reposition for um, for this particular ship. Yeah, I think it has to be six points. So you wouldn't be able to. Cause, so the idea would be is you could run three of those, four of these ships. It's a four ship list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because otherwise I mean, the coordinates mean nothing. Unless you're running Tolfin's Raiders. That's right. That makes so, sense. <clears throat> I don't know. I wanted an ace. I think it's good. So Yeah, it's definitely great. I, I like the uh the pilot a lot. So the last one that I had, and this is the one JJ's probably gonna complain about, is if you remember from Clone Wars, right, there was uh -huh. a replacement astromech that they gave to Anakin and Obi called R36S and Anakin likes to call him Stubby but they I think Ahsoka called him Goldie at the start of activation phase assign the make it look like an accident condition to an enemy ship so it's a it's a it's a it's a crew card that gives you a condition card that you get to give to an enemy ship the condition is this before rolling dice for an attack you make you may take a strain to give this condition card back to its owner right so essentially if you assign it to somebody else they could take a strain to give the card back right 
before rolling defense dice, you could take a deplete to give this condition card back. So that that way you have a way of getting out of this no matter what before you have to roll dice. So that the key is it has to be before you roll dice, though, because if JJ <coughs> comes in, shoots you, <coughs> and then you give the card back, right? It, it's not as impactful because you know the dice results. So that's that's how you can get rid of the card. The condition for it is while this card is assigned to you, during an attack or defense, your opponent may change one of the dice to any side they choose after the dice are rolled. There's also a secondary caveat that basically says, during the end phase, give the card back to your opponent if you do not give the card back. So you have to give the card back every turn no matter what. That way it can't just stay in one ship. If you do not give the card back, take two stress tokens and set the condition card aside out of play. So you could take two stress and get rid of it. That way it can't be effective for the whole game. Um, okay. So uh, um, for the first condition card, right? It should say may in there. That's where I screwed up. Where where it says you may take a strain or oh, the that, to give the, the condition yep. card back to its owner. When you say that, do you mean the ship that has goldie equipped? Yes. Because and think of that think, condition card as, like, I know the visuals different. Like, they would normally go in one of those black cards, but I couldn't find a yeah, template yeah. for it. So, uh, no, I'm just I'm just trying to, like, like wrap my hand around the concept. So, does that mean that the condition card is now assigned to the owner of Goldie? No. So, that means that they just lose the condition then? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, there's, you are not giving it back. That's, nope, not, that's not. The gold, the way Goldie worked is Goldie did everything to sabotage everything and then reported back to Dooku. If I remember, I don't think okay. it was Grievous. I think it was Dooku. It could be Grievous. I can't remember anymore, but whatever. Goldie reported back and essentially like did everything in in his power to sabotage the Republic. Right, right. Okay. So yeah, so no, you're not giving the condition to that player, you know, back to the the owner. He's just it's basically like. Think of it this way. If Zam were to attack before Zam revealed Zam's card, you could spend a focus token to cancel the Zam card effect. So that card would become null and void on Zam. That would be this. The, the way this works is this card becomes null and void by essentially taking the deplete or the strain token. All right. I would probably change the condition card um, to give it a Dooku like effect. Right, like while um, while you roll a dice, your opponent may call a result, and if that result is not rolled, then they can change it to the name result that they called out. Right, so like let's say they call out a blank and you roll natties, then your opponent can now change one of your natties to a blank. Uh, maybe, but then it's you just killed the power because a little it, bit. That's what I'm saying, like because I, I feel like if the opponent has 100% control to change one of your dice to anything that they choose, that's that's gonna be guaranteed every time. Whereas Dooku, there's a chance that it may not work out. Um, so that's why I think that it, it would probably work better that way, especially if this is a droid that reports to Dooku, it may work just like Dooku wants it to work. Um, so I feel like that's how it would work, but it will be reversed, right? Instead of you, um, the person who has the condition card, being able to mod their dice, it's the opponent who gets to choose now for it. Then the only issue I have with that is then you, you being able to set it out outside of play just makes this card ineffective. So the idea is this is like a gambling card. <clears throat> this is high risk, high reward. You could take okay. two stress 
and get rid of it after it's been used once if you want or you can just say I want the consistent effect of having one less dice okay because if you go to where they have to call it like Dooku doesn't work very well to some extent like especially in defense you're only rolling your the majority of your dice are either blank or evade right so I don't know. I mean, you could do that, but then you'd have to change how to get rid of that card. So like the idea is going to be is this card will work for one round and then somebody just takes two stress and gets rid of it. Or they can just take the deplete or the strain to get rid of it. They can, but then next round I'm giving it back out. The two stress means so it's never used in the game again. So you'll probably want to change this then to the system phase, right? Um, when you assign the condition. So it'll work like the Zam timing. So it'd be like uh, during the system phase, you can assign this to an enemy ship at range X, Y, Z. And then they have the ability to then um, make a choice at that point. Like that way, the card is always in play. I'm not following, I guess. So Goldie right now, right? It's at the start of the activation phase, right? Uh, you assign the condition card to an enemy ship, right? There's no there's no distance on that one. I would say you change it to the system phase, and that way you can assign it to an enemy ship within a certain range. It could be 0 to 2, it could be 1 to 3, uh, whichever you want. And then you can shorten the condition card to say um, when you're rolling for attack or defense, you can suffer a strain or a deplete to... Uh, to take off this condition um and then um and then put in the condition card while you have this condition card your opponent may do xyz to do that so that we can fit it all on one card and it's assigned every time uh during the the system phase if it's not already assigned to a ship already so then how does the ship get rid of like permanently get rid of it I, I, that's the thing. I would not take it out of the game. I would have it oh, as an ongoing, okay. like something that could be assigned every turn, like the Zam, uh, the Zam cards. Okay. Um, you just do it during the system phase. So you, it, it can't get out of play. It's just something that's assigned at the beginning of the system phase until the ship that carries Goldie is gone. I see. And then you just put a restriction on there. Cause again, I like to me. All right. So I guess then that changes the point cost of it. It's not as it, it's a little bit more effective. But it's, I don't know, people are really going to hate it then. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't get rid of it, you're the only one's going to like this card. Like, like they can they can essentially get rid of it by the, or unassign it by taking the strain or the deplete, but they can't take it out of the game, right? So you're, gotcha. you're essentially passively giving that ship a strain or deplete if they don't want that condition to exist on their ship. Um, and then at the end, at the end phase, the condition is gone. And then system phase happens. You assign it again. It could be to the same ship or a different ship, as long as they're in range of the carrier of Goldie. Gotcha. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I guess I guess that would be that would make it a little bit more aggressive. But yeah, you could do that. So yeah. All right. Well, all right. Well, thank you all for joining us on our holiday extravaganza. That was JJ's holiday wish list for cards he probably doesn't want to see from Tanner. Um, I can't wait to get Goldie in the game so that we can uh, assign that. Uh, I could just kill and neuter every one of JJ's ships. 
Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I'll unpip it so I could carry it on every crew carrier. There you Hell go. No. Look at that. <laughs> now give me a droid that can carry a crew too. Ah, oh, so good. Oh God, yeah, that would be terrible. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. This is the last cast of the year. We might have a couple of uh, games we might play at night. I don't know. It just kind of depends um, on what goes on. Maybe even tonight on Friday night, if JJ doesn't go Kaling because of the cold, maybe we'll play some Battle of Yarvin um, tonight. I do know we will definitely be off this weekend. We will not be around streaming or talking much probably um, for that. We will be coming back um, possibly with another um, broadcast the first week of January. If not, we'll be back the second week of January for sure. Um, bringing Charles back into the fold on that week. And then essentially what we will be doing is kind of going through um, our updated Patreon, some of the stuff that we're going to be doing for giveaways and like a new commitment schedule of different things coming up for the podcast. We'll also have the release of our, of the, the answers for our um, community quiz that we are not quiz. What did we put out? The community forum that we put out to talk about what the, the next segments are going to be. So that will be what we will be going over. And then we'll be starting to prep for LVO and, prepping for Adepticon. So, yep. So thank you all. Uh, have a very Merry Christmas, a happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, I don't know all the different ones cause I'm not religious, so I have no idea. <laughs> whatever you celebrate, have a happy, happy holiday over the course of this next two weeks. With that being said, yeah. we are out and we will see you bright and early in the new year. Happy holidays, everybody. Have a good night.